Welcome to Deckert's Committed Capital. This is an episode of Sidecar, a special bite-sized discussion of the latest market issues. Hello, and welcome to Committed Capital Sidecar, Deckert's series of bite-sized podcast episodes giving quick updates on developments affecting private equity. My name is James Fishkin, and I'm a partner in Deckert's Antitrust Group. I am joined today by my antitrust colleagues, Ronnie Habash and Beverly Eng. On today's episode, we want to focus our discussion on the proposed changes to the Hart-Scott-Rodino, or commonly called HSR rules, that the Federal Trade Commission announced on June 27th. If these new rules are adopted, we think many companies, especially PE firms, may need to approach the HSR process differently than they have in the past. So many of our listeners are probably already aware that transactions meeting certain thresholds require pre-merger HSR filings in the U.S. And parties to those transactions that are subject to HSR need to observe a waiting period, which is typically 30 days, to allow for review before they can close, even if there are no substantive antitrust concerns with their deal. That's right, Ronnie. This latest proposal from the FTC doesn't mention any changes that would impact whether a transaction is reportable in the first place. Instead, what they're proposing is to do away with the HSR form that parties have been utilizing, essentially for decades, with incremental revisions over time. The new format would require significantly more information up front and include narrative discussions regarding markets and overlaps that, up until now, have not been part of the initial HSR filing here in the U.S. Jim, Ronnie, why do you think the FTC wants to change the HSR form? From the beginning of the current administration, those in charge at the FTC in the Antitrust Division of the Department of Justice have bluntly stated that merger enforcement over the past several decades was, using their own words, far too lax, and that changes to the HSR filing process are necessary in order to give the agencies better tools to identify transactions that are anti-competitive. From their perspective, the current HSR filing form does not provide the agencies with sufficient information to determine whether a proposed transaction may violate the antitrust laws and whether the transaction warrants what is commonly called a second request, which is a full-blown investigation that may take about a year or so to complete. So the agency's perception is that there are problematic deals being missed by the existing HSR form, but they don't provide any evidence or data showing how the new form would have led to enforcement actions on reportable deals that otherwise made it through the HSR process and were cleared. But Beverly, from your perspective, what are the key changes that would impact filings made by PE sponsors? Well, some of the big changes that people are concerned about relate to the documents that are commonly referred to as item 4C and 4D documents. These are basically documents prepared by or for an officer or director or equivalent related to the proposed transaction that contain competition-related content. First of all, the FTC would like to expand the relevant individuals beyond the usual decision makers to supervisory deal leads, which would include people who may not be officers or directors, but functionally lead or coordinate the day-to-day process for the deal team. 
But of even greater concern is the proposal to require the submission of all drafts of responsive documents that were prepared by or shared with an officer, director, or supervisory deal lead. Currently, only the final version or latest draft is required to be submitted unless the draft has been shared with the full board of directors. If the new rule on drafts goes through as proposed, that may increase the number of documents to be produced with the initial HSR filing exponentially. So all those documents with placeholders, errors, misstatements that were later corrected or that didn't even go up to a decision maker could be swept in. Is that right, Jim? That's right. And that appears to be the case under the current administration. Historically, the agencies were fine with receiving documents only if they rose to a certain level within the organization and were basically in their complete or latest form. Now, the agencies are concerned that this has given rise to what they call lawyer sanitizing that might obscure the competitive impact of the transaction. Beverly, it seems like this change alone could be a huge headache for PE firms that are regularly involved in transactions, either on the buy side or the sell side, that meet the HSR filing thresholds. What are some other changes that PE firms need to be aware of? One issue of particular concern for PE firms is the expanded disclosure regarding minority investors. Currently, buy-side filings are only required to disclose the 5% or greater equity holders of the ultimate parent entity and the direct acquirer. And for partnerships, only the general partner needs to be listed. The FTC now wants the HSR form to include disclosure of the identities of limited partners, again, if they meet the 5% threshold. And they want the minority holders at various intermediate levels between the ultimate parent entity and the direct acquirer where you'll often find co-investors as well. While this change alone may not drastically increase the burden of preparing a filing, it could pose a number of practical hurdles that PE firms may need to overcome in order to attract and keep their investors. Are there any other areas of concern for PE firms, Beverly? Private equity firms will also have to start tracking a significant amount of more data points, even down at the portfolio company level. Some of this information includes disclosure of subsidies from foreign entities or governments of concern going back two years, listings of officers and directors and any other companies for which such individuals also serve or previously served as officers or directors, again, going back two years, listing the five largest categories of workers, including commuting zones for the categories that overlap, information regarding prior acquisitions in the same overlapping NAICS codes made by both the acquiring person and the target going back 10 years, and very detailed narratives describing the strategic rationale for the transaction, current or planned horizontal overlaps, and existing or potential vertical relationships. As you can probably guess, all of that is going to take a much longer time to pull together for a filing than it did in the past, where five to 10 business days after signing was the norm. At the same time, the FTC stopped granting early termination on the initial HSR waiting period across the board, even in no-issues deals a couple of years ago. We don't expect that practice is coming back anytime soon in this administration. We know the timing of deals is a key concern for our clients. So, Jim, what do you think this means for HSR timelines generally when a filing is required? Well, obviously, the HSR time periods are now going to become longer. 
Given the enormous amount of additional information that the FTC will be requiring from both the buy side and the sell side to every single transaction, which, by the way, is far more information what we see today in a typical voluntary access letter, the staff at the agencies will no doubt be totally swamped with all this new information. And we need to keep in mind that there are several thousand separate filings each year. As a result, the staff attorneys will likely be requesting more pull and refiles from the parties. And pull and refiles effectively restart the HSR waiting period all over again, and they're used to avoid second requests. On a procedural basis, we may also see an uptick in bounced or deficient filings given all of these new requests. And collectively, all of this is going to delay transactions from closing. Even for more straightforward filings, the new proposal makes it difficult to get the clock started early on HSR, since filings made off a letter of intent would need to include a term sheet or draft purchase agreement, which takes time to draft and negotiate. Also, the proposal requires foreign language documents included with the filing to be translated verbatim which is not currently required. So some filers will need to build in extra time for that. We expect that that translation requirement will add to the overall cost of preparation, uh, particularly for international deals, on top of legal fees and ongoing compliance costs, which we also anticipate will go up as a result of all of these changes. And don't forget the filing fees that are due to the FTC, which were just amended earlier this year to include an annual adjustment feature. The top tier of filings today for large transactions is already at two and a quarter million dollars. Ronnie, Beverly, what is the expected timeline for the final rule changes going into effect? And what can PE firms do in the meantime to prepare? The proposed rule is in a public comment period through September 27th. We expect that there will be a number of substantive comments filed by industry groups, bar associations, and companies. According to the rulemaking docket, the FTC staff anticipates sending the commission a recommendation for a proposed rule by December 2023. So if all goes to plan, it's reasonable to expect that the new HSR form will be effective sometime in 2024, perhaps as early as the first quarter. So firms that are planning for transactions in that time frame, whether on the buy side or the sell side, should keep some of these potential changes in mind. They may want to think more carefully about how early stage draft documents are shared internally and tracking versions that are shared with officers, directors, or supervisory deal leads. For firms with a number of portfolio companies, they may need to start thinking about the most efficient ways to track that information. It may soon be required about employees, directors and officers, foreign subsidies and the like. And perhaps more importantly, they should begin working with HSR counsel in advance of the rules going into effect so that they're prepared to be in compliance from day one. The new rules will be burdensome, but there are processes that PE firms can implement to cut time and costs out of the process when the need to file HSR does arise. We know that timing is of the utmost importance, and these processes will be different for every firm, but we're happy to work with our clients on a plan using our HSR expertise to address these issues and streamline the filings that are required. Ronnie and Beverly, thank you for joining me today and for your insight. If you found today's discussion interesting, 
please do not hesitate to reach out to your usual Decker contacts with any specific questions. Thank you for listening to Deckert's Committed Capital. Please subscribe, and for more information, visit deckert.com.